Hey guys, before we get started today on the MGO Fish Podcast, I just wanted to remind you guys, we here love to watch college football. A big part of watching college football in today's world is betting on games, whether it's with your friends, co-workers, family, etc. It doesn't matter. The place I go uh, whenever I want to place a bet down on Michigan beating Wisconsin, you know, beating the spread, making my money big time, uh, is mybookie.ag. So mybookie is the place to go. Uh, do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with mybookie. Did you know you guys could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose... You know, Michigan might not be doing what we want them to do. Josh Gass is not performing to the expectations against Wisconsin. Uh, you could always just take the other side, save the bet. Uh, so here's the thing, guys. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try parlay. You know, if all your picks come through on Saturday, uh, you'll multiply your winnings. You know, you know, lay that line down with LSU over Vanderbilt, Michigan over Wisconsin. Uh, Northwestern over Michigan State because we all like little schadenfreude here and there. Uh, go with MyBookie. They've got your back. Try parlay. So join now and MyBookie will even double your first deposit. Big time. Big time moves, guys. So use the promo code MGO to activate the offer today. That's promo code MGO. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play. You win. You get paid. All right, now on to the podcast. Hello, Stephen. We're back from the bye week. How you feeling, man? Feeling good. Feeling good. Glad to be back on the podcast. It's a, uh, you know, enjoyed the bye week, but um, you, f- you feel yeah. nice and refreshed. Man, I got sick. I got sick. I went <laughs> down to University of Illinois with some uh, some coworkers to uh, do some recruiting down there. And man, one of those students had to get me sick or something. Well, I don't I, know. I was gonna say lucky that one of us got a little rest during the bye week because it definitely wasn't me. Yeah, um, I was gonna say yeah. Since you were sick and all that, this is the MGo Fish podcast, by the way. Uh, I'm David Arnold, the main host. Although I gotta say, Stephen, you're basically a main host as is now. Um, I welcome, gotta build that up. I gotta build that up. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> you're catching up to Garrett really quick. Since there we he's go. Off the grid. Uh, so this is the MGo Fish podcast, uh, and yeah, I definitely did not get rest on the bye week. It sucks that you yep. were sick, but let me tell you what: having a newborn is like being sick twenty four. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, what are your average hours of sleep? <sighs> <laughs> is sleep even in your vocabulary what, right now? <laughs> what are hours? <laughs> no, you've lost that, concept of time and space. And yeah, everything. well, I'll tell you what: you get you get like ninety minute blocks of sleep. And it's it's okay. It's okay, except for like four somewhere between three thirty and four AM. Yeah. You really do lose the concept of time and space. <laughs> and and like you misplace a binky in one place or you misplace the bottle in another place and you're just yep. like, I don't know what's going on in this world right now. <laughs> I don't understand it. Yeah. I'm here but my you. mind is not yeah, it, I mean it's very disorienting. Man. Kids, yeah. man, kids. Anyways, I, I shouldn't bother the youth, youth <laughs> with these tales. It's of all right, man. You, you got to get it out, right? You gotta gotta vent it out. You gotta like gotta that. have that outlet. That's why I'm here. I'm here for your, uh, you know, for, to get to get away and, this, and delve yourself into this entire podcast and our 500 listeners. 
<laughs> are all here for my psychiatric needs. I appreciate That's it, guys. It. Thanks. Thanks. That's it. So, so we're going to talk Michigan football today, surprisingly, yep. shockingly. Um, <laughs> where we last left off 10 days ago, this feels like a, a Dragon Ball X uh, <laughs> 10 days ago. 10 days ago. <laughs> last <Yeah>. week. <laughs> Shea Patterson was struggling. Turnover issues. Zach Charbonnet was the workhorse. We've had, what, like eight, nine days to think about it, to relax, to, to get back into the groove, you know, to settle down, simmer yep. down from the Army game. Are you feeling more confident in this Michigan team 10 days, 11 days after the fact? Yeah, I think, uh, man, it's crazy to see how little the defense is getting credit for what they're doing. And um, and, and that's really encouraging because I was really skeptical and still am skeptical of the defensive line. But overall, like um, everything I'm seeing is focused on the offense, which is fair. But then when I went through, I went through 27 plays, David. That's a like, lot. Well, of, let me let me tell you, Steven, you are you are we'll, we'll hop back on that. My friend, you are gaining traction like you rightfully should for uh, becoming somewhat of a video breakdown connoisseur, which is awesome because you first made yeah. your name for hype videos, which yep. are respectfully the best. Uh, no, no need to inflate your ego. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, in your opinion, in your opinion. <laughs> in my modest opinion, they are the best hype videos of any anyone produces. However, you're also getting into the analyst game, which I approve of. Because you've got a great mind, obviously. You're a smart man. You are a Michigan graduate. You're a Michigan man yourself. Um, That's true. So Anthony Broom retweeted you, our friend from Mason Brew. Um, oh, yeah. You're getting a lot of love right now, which well-deserved. Yeah. So first of all, that's awesome. Second of all, you broke down a lot of plays from the Army game. Tell me what you saw with Shea Patterson, with Dylan McCaffrey, with Josh Gaddis. And mm-hmm. are they receiving the... Let's, how, how do I politely put this in the most collegiate way possible? Are they receiving the <laughs> right amount of crap they deserve? Yes. Are they Are they wrongfully receiving too much crap? Where, where yeah. on the crap level are they? Yeah, so I think it would be uh, more appropriately shifted to, I would say, like the collective Michigan staff. I don't, I don't think it's fair to put it all on Gaddis or all on you know Harbaugh. <laughs> It's surely not uh, all on Shea Patterson. So I broke down the 27 reads uh, that I saw uh, for the offense. So every single opportunity for either an RPO or a run read. And uh, my breakdown of of the 27, 19 were correct reads. So that's only, you know, that's only eight possible wrong reads. And really only three were were wrong. I had three debatable and then two that I'm calling doomed where one think of like the fourth down play with Dylan McCaffrey, where there was the cornerback blitz coming right towards him. So, yeah, so that play was just doomed. So a lot of it was, um, was really positive by army. They, they really did a good job of understanding how Michigan's read game worked and how to essentially control the read overall. They knew that this sort of behavior would always turn into a read. They, they, they always wanted to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. And for the most part, uh, they accomplished that there was very rarely, was there ever a good pull for a quarterback run on those option plays. Um, but then a couple weird things where, you know, obviously Shea Patterson's gotten a lot of hate. Um, but after an inc- one of those three 
wrong reads was an RPO from Shea Patterson, and he was pulled. That was one of the times where he was actually pulled for McCaffrey. Um, where well, was some, was directly after a wrong read. Exactly, wow. and and he and there were a couple plays like back to back run reads that were egregiously wrong, like way more wrong than the one that he was pulled for. And a couple things about those like really egregiously bad wrong reads from Patterson is he did not react. I would I would call Patterson more of like an emotional guy. I remember multiple times last year where it would be a wrong read and he would <laughs> he would he would like jump up and down because he like knew it. Like he knew he missed the read. He showed the emotion. I didn't get any of that on any of his wrong reads, especially on the runs where they were so blaringly obviously open. And and then he wasn't pulled. So for the RPO, I think he had all the freedom in the world to either hand off or throw. But on the options where he had the option to run, I think he was held back in some capacity because he didn't show that emotion when he made a wrong read. And he wasn't pulled for those wrong reads like he was on the RPO. So there was something there that he was held back on. That, that, and, well, let, let's key in on that. That yeah. is a very fascinating point for you to focus in on about mm-hmm. about Shea Patterson. You're so right. He is very much an emotional leader for Michigan. In in all the positive attributes I could I could associate with that. He, yeah. The things the games that he led Michigan forward, think of the Wisconsin game last year, yep. et cetera, et cetera. When Michigan was playing well, Shea Patterson was definitely very excitable as a leader. You know, as a, a captain like influence, which whether or not you are the captain, as the quarterback you are the admiral. Can I say right. the, I'll call you the admiral if you're not the captain, right? You're leading the ship regardless yep. as quarterback. Astute. So so when we're watching this game against Wisconsin this Saturday and moving forward in this season, if you see, is your hypothesis that when Shea Patterson makes an incorrect read on a run or on an RPO, um, you expect him to get uh, antsy, I would say maybe like a jump around kind kind of like angsty, like oh crap, I should have made a better play. Yeah, better it, it just, exactly. Yeah, it all just spoke to him being held back in some capacity. I think it was both the the staff wanting to ensure quarterback health. They knew he was probably you know maybe eighty percent, ninety percent. They want him to get to a hundred percent at the meat of the schedule, and, and Wisconsin is where uh, where the meat starts. And I think they probably didn't want to put a lot of the wrinkles on film because Army did a really, really good job of prepping. And, um, you know, on a lot of reads, they had scrape exchanges with the linebackers. They had a lot of stunts on the front side where the uh, inside zone was running. I think there were a lot of adjustments that Michigan could have made to put that game further out of reach that I think it was a combination of not wanting to put on film. And, <laughs> out and, of reach, we were losing most of the game. I, mean, I know. I, 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 I understand. <laughs> it's it's so nice to be able to look back at it with hindsight. Yeah. Thank God we won the game. Right? Exactly. Thank God exactly. we won the game. Be- because ultimately, that's all that matters, is Michigan won the football game. Um, and, they flirted with that line, though. They did. In the moment, in the moment, it felt like the offense was struggling so badly. But it's very nice to have hindsight now, which we do have, which, right. oh, okay, you have, and you're bringing to me, because I'm still feeling pretty emotional about the entire sure. thing, right? Before the podcast, we promised not to talk about it beforehand. I was very much on the anti-Gaddis bandwagon, and I, yeah. I, I've been feeling pretty angsty about him for about 10 days now, and, yep. and you're bringing me back down 
back down to earth pretty substantially. I, I, I couldn't see a situation where he's, he's spoke of as such a highly intelligent coordinator. That's the one thing that a lot of analytics people have said. Guy, big analytics. Guy, yeah. Way, and, right? and for him to, to think that he doesn't have the counter punches to every, uh, everything that army was doing they were obvious to a lot of people, and you got to think that they were obvious to Gaddis. <laughs> that is that is a major thing. If they're obvious to Twitter, the Twitter hive mind, which I love my school. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say my school. I'm a Mac graduate. I'm a nothing. But I grew up in Ann Arbor, so I consider Michigan. You know, if you, if you grow up in the state of Michigan, you have a claim to Michigan Wolverine football. Yes. Whether or not you're a graduate. <laughs> um, some of us are just not as smart as you, Steven. <laughs> you need to stop that, man. You're gonna you're gonna build the ego too much. That's, that's all right. Your head will never be as big as mine. I promise. <laughs> uh, no matter what. So. So yeah, they're my my Michigan Wolverines, the football team at least. Um, yeah. Everyone, you know, everyone in the Twitter quarterback room had had a solution against Army. Yeah. We were all feeling the frustration. But you're so right. Gaddis is very analytical. Yeah. The one thing that concerns me. Do you know who uh, 1050 The Ticket, WTKA, Ann Arbor's radio station, had on to analyze Josh Gaddis's play calling this past I, week? I think we mentioned him during the last podcast. We mentioned we him. We had no yeah. idea he was going to be doing this. <laughs> you know I'm talking about former San Jose, San Jose State offense coordinator. Al former, Borges. Former University of Texas San Antonio offense coordinator. We got oh, fired at both places after Michigan. Al that Borges. takes some work. Yeah, that Definitely takes some work. I'll tell you what, I've um, been talking, one of my quote-unquote connections uh, runs Underdog Dynasty, the SB Nation blog. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he's a big, he's a UTSA alum, Texas okay. San Antonio alum. Yeah. Uh, and we were discussing it because actually Texas San Antonio's offensive coordinator now, after they fired Al Borges, uh, is an actual Michigan quarterback who was in the quarterback's room with Drew Henson, uh, with Tom Brady, and with Scott Leffler. Uh, and I can't remember Interesting. his name right now, but he's actually a Michigan quarterback grad, and I'll bring it up before the end of this podcast. But we were joking about Al Borges because I told him, I was like, hey, Al Borges was on the radio from Michigan this past week. Is he still at UTSA? Because I didn't know. He said, no, man. He got like, canned. No. He got canned. <laughs> Shocker. He got canned. Right? Yeah. So, uh, anyways. Um, yeah, so yeah, I so think he was analyzing Gas would I'm sorry, this was my main point was that he no, Borges was very analytical as an offense coordinator, which was really awesome in certain moments and not awesome in other moments. But Borges was infamous, infamous being the keyword, for holding plays back until playing rivals, until playing Ohio State. And it actually worked a couple times against Ohio State where where Michigan almost beat them, you know, in the two point conversion play with Brady Hoke. Um Borges held a bunch of trick plays back, a bunch of counters back for that specific game. However, mm-hmm. during the regular season, the rest of the games, it really did not work. It did not look pretty. Um, and you don't really want to base your offense on gimmicks. Exactly. So anyways, continue. Continue. Yeah. And Gaddis's whole thing is about holding the pen last. And that's like just a general concept in uh, lots of option forward uh, coordinators where you're always making the last decision and army was dictating Michigan's decisions. And I just can't see that being the case when it's such a, uh, such a thing that Gaddis holds true to. And like, that's what he teaches like in the seminar that 
uh, he gave that you could watch from uh, the summer, that's what he kept coming back to is how can we be the one dictating what we're doing? And uh, and they lost that. So whether they're still you know implementing certain aspects of the office of the offense or if it's injury based, I just don't see any scenario where what we saw against Army is like what to expect. There was there was stuff going on that that I can't really explain, and it's likely a combination of a couple things. But um, if if your ex- expectation is that's what Michigan's offense is going to be, uh, I think that's that's pretty uh pretty pessimistic so, i think there's there's lots of room for for improvement um yeah moving forward against wisconsin end of the day saturday 10 p.m we are recording our hot takes podcast <laughs> to be posted I'm, on sunday at 1 a.m oh, my main question yeah do i owe josh gaddis an apology i sure hope you will <laughs> I sure hope so, man. I, I I would be surprised if not, but uh but we'll see, man. I don't right. know. I, I'm right. I'm cautiously optimistic. Okay. I, I'm with that. I'm I'm ready. You know, after ten days of loathing, which as a Michigan <laughs> football fan, aren't we all self loathing a little bit, right? Like you, yeah, you, it's you've, a tough relationship. Ever since two thousand three you know, ever since Braylon Edwards' junior year being in Ohio State, we've lived through, what, 14 out of 15 games. We've done this to ourselves. You know, we've yep. accepted it, especially if you're listening to this podcast. You're deep. You're deep in the Michigan fandom. Yeah. Um, we are battle-tested. We, we, we've yeah. been through it. <laughs> battle-tested, I don't even think is the right word. We've just... We're endured <laughs> masochistic right at this point yeah right? there you go yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> we really don't like ourselves at least the, <laughs> the I, I wake up the day of the ohio state game michigan ohio state game for the last 15 years and every single morning for the past 15 years it's like oh i just don't a, i don't want this day to happen i just don't just a, a pit <laughs> a pit in your stomach like you're just nervous it's all day the worst day of the year which is sad it is sad but it, it, it literally is just like this is the worst day of the year right now um, we got we got to enjoy the weeks leading up to it man we got we got a long season still that's right. some somehow somehow right yeah so, exactly i'm ready after after an entire week 10 days of, of loathing and hating josh gas i'm ready to accept him back in baby this is chance yep. to prove. And honestly, you know what? Going into the season, they knew they had two weeks of of out of conference games, a bye yep. week, and then Wisconsin, right? Yep. So, guaranteed, Gaddis's game plan this entire off season was: we're going to hold back as much as possible in order to really blast Wisconsin, because if you look at it on the schedule. You have, uh, let's see, strength of schedule-wise, the hardest games this year are going to be Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa. Do we we play Iowa, right? Notre Dame. Notre Dame oh, is probably okay. second or third, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I'll put Notre Dame. Notre Dame definitely ahead of Michigan State. But So Ohio yep. State slash um, Penn State or Notre Dame, you know, one yep. of those two, and then Michigan State. And then after that, do we play Iowa? We play Iowa. Yeah, we play Iowa. That's right. It's, okay. a, it's a tough schedule. So Iowa and Wisconsin are probably tied for fifth hardest team. So you wanted to hold your uh, your plays back, your offense back a little bit, definitely before Wisconsin, right? You, you yeah. definitely don't want to show too much before the first, quote-unquote, big game of the season. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I'm here for, Stephen. Thank you for talking me off the ledge. Yeah. I feel a little bit better right now than I did 10 minutes ago. And also, UTSA's offense coordinator is Jeff Castile. Oh, there you go. He was a walk-on yeah. slash like fourth-string quarterback during the prime Lloyd Carr era. Gotcha. Um, also, do you want to guess who, speaking of, this is a, a UTSA Roadrunner podcast, apparently. <laughs> do you want to guess who UTSA played last week? Ooh. It was it out of conference? It was during Michigan's bye week, out of conference. Was that Mac school? Nope. Okay. I have no Army. idea. It was Army. Oh, did they really? Yeah, yeah. So okay. UTSA played Army the week after Michigan, which is why I'm talking about this so much, because gotcha. I had conversations with, uh, with my guy over there, uh, Jared, and... We Could did, not have gone well for the Roadrunners. It, it did not go well. They ended up losing, but not by a big yeah. score. It was a one-score game going into the fourth quarter. That's Army. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. What they do. I told him, he, he asked me what he what I thought of the, the team, what I thought of Army before uh, the week started. And I said, hey, man, look, this is what has to happen. Frank Wilson and UTSA have to go for it on every fourth down. Yep. Because Army is great against the when they are the underdogs. Yep. But when, when they're expected to win, you know, you challenge them instead of them challenging you, it's an entire different game. They yep. don't know how to react to that. But they sure do know how to play the big dogs, man. Yep. Un- unlike anything, you know, we've ever seen. I love it. I-, I will cheer for Army every single time they're not playing Michigan. It's a it's a fun system, man. Just discipline and just a bunch of tiny, tiny little knifing linebackers. So That's like what they look like. Just little safeties what, everywhere. Steven, this is a deep cut, but I come from Chapo Trap House, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am not an army fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll cheer for those f- football players right there, there any, any time of the week, man. That triple there option is awesome. Okay, yeah. so let's let's move on now. Uh, yeah, speaking of of terrifying, you know what you were saying? You're gonna step away from the ledge, and then uh, I'm staring at some Jonathan Taylor highlights right now. Oh no! And, uh, <laughs> not and Jonathan Taylor uh, Thomas, right? That, and that's scary. That's some scary highlights, man. What are your thoughts on? Have you watched him at all this year? Or uh, I've seen that scoreline, man. I, yeah. Updating that scoreboard is not pretty. Let's see, 49 to nothing and then 61 to nothing, I think, were yeah. the scores. Um, yeah. They started throwing to him, too, because I think before last year, they took him out a lot of third downs, and now that he's a, he's a pretty prevalent part of their passing game. You know game, what happened? Is, Paul Christ has uh, Jonathan Thomas in his PPR, Jonathan Taylor in his PPR uh, – Fantasy college football league. That's what it yeah. is. Got to give yeah. those catches there. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you're right. Do, do you but, play uh, fantasy football, Stephen? That's a joke. I honestly don't. Okay, well, that's why you didn't get the joke. I do get it. I PPR, do get it. PPR, you oh, get yeah, way yeah. more points for receptions than, than exactly. regular fantasy. Okay. Put them in your flex position, right? Is Just, that what you have yeah, to do? Something like that. Just making sure. Okay. Keep you on your toes there, Stephen. <laughs> I'm that's like right. an old man when it comes to... I used to play it, and then I just ran out of time. So right. now I'm like... Very, very basic understanding. I only play standard. I only play standard with my college buddies, so that joke might even not be very good. (laughs) Who knows? Anyways, okay, Jonathan Taylor, awesome. I mean, I mean, like, surprise. You know, we got Ron Dane, we got Melvin Gordon, every other person in the Wisconsin running back uh, toolage. How is their offensive line this year? Are are they going to be that good? I mean, clearly they put up points against. Let's see. South Florida, whose head coach is going to be a defense coordinator somewhere next year. 
Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, as long as they can buy him out at South right. Florida, which is a question mark. But Charlie Strong is just tanking down there. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah they're tanking that... as hard as the Miami Dolphins, which is right? uh, <laughs> impressive in its own right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, and, then, uh, and then I don't know. I don't know who they played in the first game. But anyways, the, po- the point of the matter is that Wisconsin has not played an impressive schedule to start the season. No, they played Central Michigan, who is what, 1-11 last year? Yeah, not not good. Um, Jim McElwain's project. Yeah. yeah, he's got some work to do. But um but their offensive line is pretty good. I mean, their their center is like probably the top center uh that'll go in the draft next year. He's a I think a redshirt junior, Tyler uh Bladaz, I think, um, is his name. But uh The names Andy, on Wisconsin are pretty I know. They're de- once we talk about defense, they got a, they got an all timer. But uh their center is pretty good. Um, their left tackle, Cole Van Lannen, uh, also a redshirt junior. He's really good in the run game and not as solid in the, in the pass protection, but man, those two guys in the run game are phenomenal. So that center is, is a guy who operates in space better than, uh, anyone else probably in, in college football right now. Um, so between him and like Ruiz, like it's hard to find like a better game with, with two better centers than that. So, which, which honestly, Michigan is trying to move to the spread offense, whatever, yeah. the, the Joe Moorhead offense. But something is very right in this world when Michigan and Wisconsin play and the centers are two of the best centers in, oh, yeah. in college football. That's one thing, you know, soft spots. Okay, Michigan is my Michigan, right? I love Michigan Yep. since I was a kid. But Iowa and Wisconsin both very much have very much, very big time Michigan uh like, like they're Michigan adjacent, right? Right. Wisconsin's got the offensive line that you just assumed Michigan had for about 35 years before right. Rich Rod <laughs> ever got there, right? Like, before Rich Rod got there, when it was Bo, Gary Moeller, and the, the early Lloyd Carr years, that yep. offensive line at Michigan was what the Wisconsin offensive line has been for the past 20 years. Yeah. You look at Iowa, you know, their offense is literally the Michigan offense of the past 60 years. I mean, yep. like like the conservative nature, et cetera, et cetera, right? So so both of those schools, I have a soft spot in my heart for when they're not playing Michigan. Right. Yeah. yeah no, the I, end of that rant, I guess. But No, I, I love Madison. I went there a couple of years ago. Um, great atmosphere. Great team. And yeah, what? I mean, yeah. For six weeks out of the year, Madison, Wisconsin is possibly – the most beautiful place in America. It's it's hard to beat. It's very reminiscent of like the Traverse City, which makes sense, obviously. Like Wisconsin and Michigan, you know, right there across from each other. Yep. I, you know, I've always told random people not from Michigan, if you just took Michigan and you gave the state pretty weather, same, yeah. same applies to Madison, Wisconsin, gave them pretty weather for 10 months out of the year, we would be the Italy uh, <laughs> of America. Right? I, I honestly believe that, for yeah. better or worse. Yeah, it's right on the lake there too, which is a bummer, man. They should like shift their uh, shift their school year because over the summer it'd be beautiful right on the lake there. I couldn't imagine during Just, the winter how uh, how terrifyingly cold it would be. Winter is terrible and mosquito yeah. season. Look out for mosquito season in Madison, yeah. Wisconsin. All yeah. the bites. Yeah, but no, their their offensive line is good. Um, uh, not like I wouldn't say it's a bunch of world beaters. Like, so it's, I think, it's not your traditional Wisconsin line. Yeah. Like, I mean, last year they struggled quite a bit. Um, so they got a couple guys 
this year that are, that have improved, and I think it'll still be a good uh, offensive line. But I wouldn't say, you know, Jonathan Taylor is still going to be heavily weighed on to create his own yards. You know, he he'll need to make a man miss or I mean, two, which, which he can do. <laughs> We've seen this last year. I mean, this yeah. is this is essentially the same team, except for their starting quarterback grad transferred to Florida State to be a backup right. on a three and nine team, which, yep. which is beyond crazy. My theory, he just wanted to spend a year with Florida state co-eds, which I do not blame him for <laughs> one, one second, right? For one second. Um, as Hornerbrook there, which yep. appropriate name maybe for choosing Ooh, Florida that, state there to be a that's backup. That's punny. That, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a pretty dad pun right there yeah, for that's you. What I'm here for man. I'm running on <laughs> two hours sleep. Yeah, we're recording that night. I'm, I'm a goner. Uh, so, what, this is also an anecdote here. When I, when I worked for Bowling Green, sure. as a video coordinator, um, we landed a three-star offensive tackle recruit who had he, – he was a high three-star, spent a year at a prep school, and he had sure. a Wisconsin offer. Damn. And I'm not kidding you. Purely because he had a Wisconsin offer as an <laughs> offensive lineman, he was the most talked about freshman. I'm or, sure. You know – going into camp he, he ended yeah. up starting for two and a half year seasons he was he was an above average mac offensive lineman never yeah. great you know never great never all conference but just the pure fact that he had a wisconsin scholarship offer was like that's a rite of passage we just we like we just landed a guy who's going to be really good i mean it right. really is it really is i mean they're just their track record is so insane Yep. It's like, it's like probably like an Iowa tight end would be kind of a similar one where it's like, Oh, you know, you had Noah Fant, you had a Hawkinson now on the lions. That's right. Turn into a couple, a a tight end, a Titan, so to speak, but baby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And then, yeah, I guess besides Jonathan Taylor, I mean, Cone is fine. He kind of struggled against USF on like some longer passes. They do have, Quintez Cephas, I think is his name. This He's a 6'1 receiver, so that'll be a good matchup against LaVert Hill. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's all about containing Taylor um, and then, like, just playing disciplined football because their offense obviously revolves around Jonathan Taylor. Besides uh, Cephas, the, their main receiver, they don't have too many, like, standout guys, so they're really going to try to drive home, like, play action, like, get teams to overcommit to containing Taylor and then capitalize and, and hitting the play action with uh, with their wide receivers. So, I mean, Michigan's, Michigan's done a great job in the past with Taylor as well because, you know, he's expanded his, his skill set a little bit with the passing game now, but Michigan hasn't really struggled with uh, with Wisconsin as of late as I'm knocking on wood. But uh, but something they've been able to contain. So this is the one thing Wisconsin, without a doubt, is the one team that is always going to out conservative. Oh yeah, a very conservative Michigan coaching staff, right? That, yep. So Michigan's entire goal. Well, there's Michigan State who wants to drag everything down into the mud. They they just mm-hmm. want to wrap you up like a, you know, like a. I don't know, like a big snake. Tell me, I'm, I am so sleep deprived right now. I can tell, man. Just, just name a snake that flaps things up. It's not a cobra. Cobras don't do it, but big a python, snake. Python, right? <laughs> Boa constrictor, maybe? I don't know. Help me, Stephen. Both of those things. <laughs> <laughs> An Ekans. I can only think of Pokemon at this moment. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I am. 
<laughs> so, anyways, Michigan State just wants to drag you down to the mud like a big old snake, right? Yes. Uh, other than that, though, Wisconsin wants to play like they're bigger and better than you in every single category. And that works against 75% of the teams. Just like Michigan, before Gaddis, wanted to do the same thing, which worked against 90% of the teams, which is obvious in that stat that said, you know, Michigan is very good when, when they're when they're expected to win games, but Jim Harbaugh's 0-6 in games where Michigan is the underdog. And you right. can look at that and you say, hey, Michigan's 0-6 when, when they're the underdog for those games against Ohio State. However, that also means they're really, really, really good when they're expected to win. Right. And yep. when you can play conservative when you're expected to win the game, and that works for Michigan in every game except for against Ohio State. And yep. it works for Wisconsin in every single game except for when they play Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, or, or most of the yeah. time, at least. And there hasn't really been too many, like, explosive offenses outside of Ohio State that Michigan really faces year in, year out. You could argue that, like... Um, well, and when they do, that's when things can kind of go... Oh, anywhere. yeah. Hey, Penn State. Exactly. Right. Yeah, trying to keep up, like, 2017 Penn State with... Barkley, that was a game where it just got out of hand, where that was just an explosive offense. And then obviously OSU year in, year out. Um, but yeah, I think this is a, a, a year where I think Wisconsin's defense is potentially even scarier than their offense, which is kind of astounding given you do have Jonathan Taylor. But um, but yeah, man, their, their defense is it's really weird too. Like I've never seen a, a team that doesn't have like a defensive tackle. Was it the two... Uh, they're talking about this on MGO blog. Uh, the two six three. That's not yeah. even the right amount of numbers. Two six four. Two six three. No, I was right the first time. Two six. Yeah. No. Yep. Yes, I was. Okay, I'm really sleep drunk right now. <laughs> two five three. Two. <laughs> no, two five four. Two five four. That's what you're looking for. Two five four. Uh, that is what I was looking for. There. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, Stephen. Thank you. But yeah, but yeah, they just shift their. They have an injury with their with their nose tackle. Um, and who knows if they actually will try. Um, I don't know what his status is. But, yeah, they, they bring down their defensive ends into the middle and then just have, like, I guess the most, the, like, the deepest linebacker roster in the history of forever. Like, how do you start five linebackers and have enough depth they're, there? They're all T.J. Watt clones. Seriously, it's crazy. So, but, so um, you're, you're making it sound like, Michigan's defense a little bit. And and if you were to ask me how to break down Michigan defense, Michigan's defense right now, I would say run your best running back up the middle, which is really not good because they have Jonathan Taylor. However, yeah. we have Zach Charbonnet, potentially. It's true. Yeah. Are, are we sure we're going to have Zach Charbonnet? Who's to say? I, I, think, I think probably. I think probably. I think it's – I'm optimistic. Let Before, me tell you – yeah. This is this is my chance deep into the podcast to say, hey guys, if you see rumors on the internet that are ever started by James Yoder or anyone <laughs> else, I don't I don't know. Charbonnet may very well actually be hurt. He very yeah. well might not be. However, just literally, just don't listen to James Yoder because he's literally, I'm gonna say literally ten times, <laughs> literally a grifter who could have been charged with stealing money from multiple investors over the past decade. Uh, it, just Google Yahoo, his name. Um, he, he literally stole money and misled investors 
multiple occasions yep. and then just maga his way out of it by just like <laughs> I don't know, being rich. I don't know, his daddy must have bailed him out somehow. Yeah, I mean I, I mean he I don't know. He literally he's... grifted his way towards building something. Uh and is lucky to have avoided jail time. Point blank. Yeah. Just avoid like literally that's the type of person we're talking about who is starting these Michigan rumors. Every once in a while, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut. However, he's yeah. been talking about Michigan having a significant injury on the offensive side of the ball for two weeks now. Yep. And luckily for him, maybe Zach Charbonnet got hurt this week during practice. We don't know. But he he's literally been saying the same story for two and a half weeks. And yep. and eventually you're going to be right, you know, during the season. So, right. well, you, you, grifter. You, yeah, grifter. He, paint, he paints in, in broad strokes and then narrows down and, and, and claims that he broke news because he said something vague and then attached it to something that does bingo. happen. Bingo, bingo. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's very possible that Charbonnet could be playing hurt as well. And But I think overall, Jansen is a guy who's trusted, actually, you know, in the program and as a, uh, as a source of information. So, and he's saying that he, he doesn't see anything with Charbonnet or doesn't know of anything wrong there. So... Um, that's someone you can, you know, actually take his word for. So I'm, I'm optimistic there, but, um, I mean, I would still say that the front seven for, uh, for Wisconsin is something that Charbonnet probably won't find a whole lot of success with. I mean, yes, we get John Runyon back on the left side. So, you know, with, with Ben Bradison, they, they have more. Uh, experience, you know, compared to Hayes. Hayes did a fine job. You know, he, he had a little bit rougher time against Army than he did MTSU, but um, it'll be good just to have uh, an experienced guy like Runyon back on that left side. So I think that'll help. Um, but they got uh, they got Zach Bond. He's one of the linebackers that comes down kind of as a defensive end. And then uh, get ready for this name. Isaiah Loudermilk is one of their defensive ends that plays – uh, kind of on the interior. So those are some two standouts. And then uh, Jack Sanborn uh, is another uh, another linebacker to to keep keep an eye on. So they got some guys in the front seven. And um, their, their defensive backfield, especially uh, Reggie Pearson, is a guy, a true freshman, or redshirt freshman, strong safety. Um, and, yeah, just a lot of kind of, I would say, untested corners and, and younger younger guys with a little bit less experience in the secondary that uh, that's where the game is going to be won, I think against, against the Badgers. If Michigan can't utilize Tariq Black or Nico Collins, Ronnie Bell against this secondary, then uh, I think then we're in for a long game because we we still need to get, um, get that side of the offense going, like, you know, throwing it up to Nico Collins, taking advantage of the, uh, athletic advantage that our wide receivers will have almost uh, in every single game this year. So I, I think given how, how strong uh, a couple members of the front seven for Wisconsin have combined with the uh, little bit of inexperience and uh, a little bit weaker of a secondary from Wisconsin, uh, that's where the game's going to be decided through the air. Through the air. It's going to be it, man. <sighs> I, I, it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be like a defining game. Uh, for the season, like I think a lot of people will make their predictions of either like eleven and one, you know, like we could go the distance, or like eight and four, 
I don't, yeah. I don't think there's. I think this is like the defining game. This this is very much a put up or shut up moment for yeah. for Gaddis, for Shea Patterson, for you know people are trying to make it about Harbaugh potentially for Harbaugh Harbaugh two, which I don't put any stock in. Right. But for the other guys, I definitely think it's a put up or shut up moment. Um, because there's nothing you can say afterwards, right? No. Like if you get if you get hit in the mouth, it's not like you're holding anything back. It's not like you know, Shea Patterson's supposed to be fully healthy now. Uh, you know, we have our offensive line, essentially every member from last year's offensive line. You got Tariq Black back from injury. Uh, DPJ is the only, like, main contributor that's still out. But with all of the athletes you have at wide receiver, really there's no excuse for the offense. So the, the last three times we've played Wisconsin, last year was the beginning of the revenge tour. Yep. You know, ranked game, ranked opponent, prime time. And Michigan smacked Wisconsin, you know, with yeah. a, with an option read of Shea Patterson's where he ran for like seventy yards. Yeah. The year before that was the last time Michigan went to Wisconsin. Yep. And sh- really should have beat them. There's there was no excuse for Michigan not to beat Wisconsin. However, that was the game Brandon Peters got his first action in. And honestly, frankly, he was better than John O'Corn. Yeah. Um, and he went out with an injury. And that, and that, he, that game was in control until he. Uh, so he maybe, got knocked out. maybe it was his second game. So it might have been after the Rutgers game. It yeah. was Brennan Peters was going to be the Michigan quarterback, and who knows how fate you know changes. Right. Who knows where Shea Patterson is if Brennan Peters did not get hurt? Because right. um, he was proven he was proving himself as a functional Michigan quarterback. Yeah. Um, he gets hurt, and John McCorn cannot do anything, and Wisconsin slips away with a home victory. So Michigan yep. very much should have won that game. And then the year before that, Jordan Lewis makes an incredible one of the most incredible defensive plays you'll ever see, even though it's on fourth down. It's okay. Um, yeah, still still I'd say an iconic interception. It, an icon like a jump man esque interception, right? Oh yeah. Um, one of the best defense plays you'll ever see. It'll be on every YouTube compilation of amazing college football plays. Um and Michigan wins that game. So Michigan has played Wisconsin close the last three years or the last three times they've played. Um, and frankly, there's no excuse for them to lost to lose any three of those games. So this week, there's no excuse for Michigan to lose this game. Yeah, it would That's be kind of how I feel. It would be Michigan's first win um, against the line, I guess, in a game they're not favored in uh, in a really long time. And I think it's probably the best candidate for that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm a little surprised that uh, Wisconsin is favored in this game. Um, I get it. They've looked like world beaters, but they've also played two really rough teams, but they've looked really good. So it's, it's such like differing, uh, differing non-conference stories between Michigan and Wisconsin. Wisconsin's coming in, killing everybody, 110 to nothing in combined scores against a couple, uh, cupcakes. And it almost, sets it, it almost sets it up too perfectly. Oh yeah, and yeah. then you got Michigan struggling mightily. The the fan base acting like it's Tennessee and they're zero and two, and and we are the and, we are the worst. I, yeah, I love us. I love my state. I love my men. But man, on Twitter, we are literally the worst. It's rough, man. That's why I stick to just straight up doing my analysis and then just posting that and just like, just like blinders on. Just like let's just get through the analysis. You're great. At, you're great at being neutral, Stephen. I don't understand it. I I got I, I got to separate hot. myself. I got to like, I got to take a step back or else I get too uh, I get too into it. I'm you're, just like I I don't understand how how people can can 
watch football and still be this way. You're but, Yoda and I'm Luke Skywalker. <laughs> you, you need to teach me your ways, man. I'll, I'll just I slowly turn into a, a small green man just slowly in front of my laptop. Teach you I will. Oh, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, man, I think it'll be. My prediction is going to be. Oh, let's put it at 24-17 Michigan. That's what I'm expecting. That sounds a lot like that Jordan Lewis game. Um, I think that was 24-17, I, I think I think it was. Give History me, repeats itself. Give me, give me, give me, give me 34-17. 34-17, so Michigan gets four touchdowns and two field goals, which sounds like a lot, but you know what? I... I could see it, man. I I am trusting this Gattis offense. I'm I'm ready to trust again. I'm ready to believe. I'm gonna have a quick trigger again. You know, like if if the gas thing does not work out this week, I'm seriously going to doubt the rest of this year. You're totally you can, right. This this is this yeah. is the game where I either feel like we're gonna go eleven and one, or I'm gonna feel like we're gonna go eight and four. Yep, yep. It'll be a long season if it's the latter, but but really, I think in another quick aspect I didn't bring about the offense you're not going to lose three fumbles every game you're just not the the impact of that is so huge oh you've never been a Michigan football fan (laughs) you can't you did dude we had three fumbles (laughs) lost all of last year we can't do it it can't happen so I feel like that's another aspect where um it's just not sustainable to have that level of uh if, if you're having three fumbles every single game uh, change the footballs you're using. I don't know, <laughs> but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But 24-17, I'm calling it. Uh, that's it, man. It's going to happen. All right, Stephen. That was for me. Let, let's call it a day. Let's call it a yeah. day. Um, hey, you got some some babies to feed, some some sleep to attempt. <laughs> I got I got eight more plays of analysis. It's it's ten thirty over here. I gotta. I gotta crank these out. I think you meant I have sleep to feed and babies to attend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a goner. You're a genius. <laughs> keep keep working it up, man. I love it. I love the video breakdowns. They're awesome. They make it easy for me. They make me feel smart, which is an Good. impressive feat. <laughs> Give yourself some credit. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm glad you can uh, you can enjoy it. Is this where I get to bring up that I'm in law school right now? <laughs> yes, this is exactly where you do that. Yes. I'm, I'm somehow I didn't tell and I don't know. Yeah, life is <laughs> life is something right now, Stephen. All right, man. This is good. This was fun. Uh, we yeah. had a nice little break. Hope you enjoyed the 10-day vacation. Yeah. We'll be back with more, we'll be back with a hot take podcast on Sunday. So be ready. Looking for forward it. to it. Looking forward to it. All right, Stephen. Till then, go blue. Go blue.